You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good evening. Welcome to Metro Vision Studios. My name is Reese Kiaina. Thank you so much for tuning into our midweek service tonight. And uh, I hope you're doing well. You know, my wife and I miss you. The Carillos miss you. The Webbers miss you. And uh, we just look forward to having a great time in midweek service. I'm going to do a lesson. We'll close out with some announcements, some good news. And I hope tonight will build your faith. Let's go to God in prayer. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you so much for Jesus. We're just grateful that uh, we can be disciples living in today where we can make a huge difference. We pray for all those who are sick and going through health challenges in our church. We pray for the elections coming up. We pray for, uh, for, for our fellowship, for our church to be involved in issues in the world that uh, we can speak up for those who are oppressed. We can speak up for justice. We can work on things internally so that we can be strong and and exist in a world that is hostile. God, we love you. Most of all, we pray for our faith tonight that it it would be inspired, encouraged by your word. We love you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to be continuing our series on one another relationships and the one another way. And I hope you've been encouraged so far with doing lessons uh, about one another relationships. We've been working on three types of relationships for every Christian in our fellowship. A mentoring relationship, apprentice relationship, and what we've been working on and talking about for midweek services is what the peer relationships that we have. That as we get involved with each other, we can get to the next level in our peer relationships. Now in Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 23, I'm excited to teach this tonight because uh, this is a, a, a topic tonight and, and, and one way that we can be in, in our relationships. And in Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 23 to 25, you're going to, from the NIV, and I'm, as I use other passages tonight, you're going to see from different translations. I've been doing that lately to help shape our minds, our hearts, and to hear things perhaps in a different way, and that the Spirit is always trying to communicate with us through the Word. In Hebrews chapter 10, it reads, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one, one another on. Think about that. If you got your Bible out, circle that. If it's turned on, look at it. Uh, how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And, and the Hebrew writer is talking about this concept of, of learning to how we should consider how we may spur one another on. And that is what our lesson is tonight. How we can learn how to spur one another on. Now, you know, the context in, in, in this, in the book of Hebrews is, uh, written to 30 plus year old Christians, people who've been in the battle for a while, people who have disciples who've been living in the Roman Empire and they've been doing this for a long time. You know, the LA church last year, I believe, just made 30 years of being in existence, right? The LA Church of Christ. And, and, uh, that's such a exciting thing. But at the same time, as, as people who've been in the battle for a long time, there's some wounds that we have. There's some challenges that we grow through. There's some hits that we've taken to our faith. 
uh, because we're in a war, because we're in a battle against Satan. And these were difficult, hostile times for the disciples living in the Roman Empire at that time. And as you think about today, it's a hostile world, world today. I don't know if I would have used that world, I mean, that word, uh, in the last couple of years. I, I'm, I, maybe I would have, but now for sure, I, I, I look at the world in such a hostile way now. If you get on social media, if you look at the news, basically any topic that is out there, there's hostility that's involved in it. Uh, the elections, hostile time right now. And let's be praying as we're disciples that we're going to be able to do well uh, as the elections come. And we're not going to judge one another. We're not going to cause cause fights. We're not going to, uh, uh, you know, get to a point where we where there's polarity in the church based on who we vote for and all that. Because at the end of the day, it, we serve an, a, a living God and and that we that we prescribe to the kingdom of God above all. All kingdoms, amen, in the world. But as we go through elections, as COVID-19, as we see race relations, kids not physically being able to be in school, we see mental health becoming, is on the rise right now, addiction on the rise, suicides on the rise, divorce on the rise. It's a hostile world that we live in, and the disciples were were drifting back then. Look at, think about it now. Are you drifting spiritually? In Hebrews chapter two and verse one, in the Voice Met uh, Bible, it says that is why we ought to pay closer attention to the voice that has been speaking, so that we will never drift away from it. And and the disciples in in Roman times were drifting, and it was a challenge for them to live. In those times, and you know the the danger when it comes to drifting is is you don't really know when you're drifting. That's the danger about drifting. When I you know I love to I'm a waterman right, so I love to fish. I love to uh, be in the boogie board. Love to every once in a while growing up get out get a chance to surf but what i really love is spearfishing and oftentimes we would always go in, in in you know the buddy system right i'm cruising with another guy we're in the water together I, I basically never ever go alone because you can get in trouble and it's always at those moments where you know you're in trouble and if you don't have a partner you could you could die spearfishing it you know and the disciples were going through it. And there's a couple of times in my, you know, when, when I was diving where I look up, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm chasing fish and I'm having a blast and I look up and I didn't realize I'm like a mile offshore and we've drifted because it's, that's just what drifting is. You don't really know. In Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 32 to 39, another thing the early disciples, the context of this passage is that, that people were shrinking back in their faith because it was difficult in the Roman Empire. In verse 32 to 39, in Hebrews chapter 10, in the message translation, it says, Remember those early days after you first saw the light? Those were the hard times. Kicked around in public, targets of every kind of abuse. Some days it was you, other days your friends. If some friends went to prison, you stuck by them. If some enemies broke in and seized your goods, you let them go with a smile, knowing they couldn't touch your real treasure. Nothing they did bothered you. Nothing set you back. So don't throw it all away now. This is the Hebrew writer giving them encouragement, spurring them on, spurring them on if you will. You were sure of yourselves then. It's still a sure thing. But you need to stick it out. 
staying with God's plan so you'll be there for the promised completion. It won't be long now. He's on the way. He'll show up most any minute. But anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. If he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. But we're not quitters who lose out. Oh no, we'll stay with it and survive trusting all the ways. This is an encouraging passage. As the disciples were, were, were tempted to shrink back and many were shrinking back, the Hebrew writers and spurring them on and encouraging them to hang on because it is worth it. The, running the Christian race and making it to the end is worth it. And so as we look at this passage tonight, what does spurring one another on really mean? What does it really mean to spur one another on? In verse 23, if you look at this slide, it says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. That word unswervingly is translated without wavering and it implies facing difficulty in the Christian life. And we're going to face difficulty. And then in verse 24, it says, if you look, to spur or paroxysm is the word. To spur one another on toward love and good deeds. The writer's going, I want to spur that person on. And you know, when I think of spur, oftentimes I think of, you know, a, a, a cowboy on a horse or someone on a horse that has spurs. And, and a spur is like a tool used, right? To kind of gold the horse, to kind of get the horse moving forward. And, and, and that's the image here of spurring one another on toward loving good deeds. Now, what's important about when we spur someone on toward loving good deeds when we spur someone on, it's important to understand the heart that is behind the spurring, right? The, behind the one that is going to spur. Because the heart makes all the difference to how the, this ends up. If we spur with a negative, you know, with, uh, if we spur and in our heart we're frustrated or when we're working with somebody or we're working with our kids, our, our spouses, our bosses, our co-workers, our friends, our family... If, if we try to spur one another on, you know, that person on, but our heart is frustrated, angry, you know, even irritated, it leads to a negative impact or a negative feeling of to dispute or to contend or to exasperate. Right, parents, right? You can start really trying to spur your kid on and then they talk back to you. The next thing you know, you're exasperating them. Well, what happened? You were trying to spur, but because irritation, anger, frustration got in the mix of it, oh, it's... It's so easy to exasperate or or you get into a talk with somebody and you want to talk about politics. And then next thing you know, it's a full on dispute. You were trying to encourage them or spur them on to get out and vote. But then you talk about who you're voting for. And next thing you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, division is taking place. It's a negative interaction. And now you got to pull somebody in and you got to have more meetings now. Right. It's like sheesh to contend. Is like taking a position on something that that is contentious, you know. And so when we spur with with anger, frustration, and you know irritation in our heart, it ha- it can have a negative effect. But but we also, if we spur one another on with love, with faith, with grace, with compassion, oh, it, what this passage means is such a great word. It means to stir up. 
in the NASB, the New American Standard Bible, it means to, to stimulate. And so if we spur someone on, if I'm, if I'm working with my family for, with Grace and the kids and I spur them on correctly, it'll stir them up to, to action. It'll stir them up to consider making a choice. It'll st- stimulate their mind, stimulate their heart. And, uh, it's such a great word. And that's what's to spur on actually means in the Greek and in the Bible. It's to stir up, to stimulate, to initiate and, it's, such, it's so cool. Well, let me tell you what it isn't, okay? This is what it isn't. Stirring up, spurring one another on is not kicking. You know, it's not meant to scar. And <laughs> look at, look at these scars. <laughs> Poor horse, right? Sometimes people go, well, you know, those, when you, when the, when those spurs are used on a horse, it's not that bad. I go, well, you're not the horse. How about we ask the horse? That looks pretty bad to me, right? Look at those scars, and, and it's meant to help them move, but that's not the kind of spurring we're talking about. When, when we spur one another on, they shouldn't leave the talk like, oh my gosh, that was a tough talk. You know, there's t- tough talks that we have, but it should lead us to Christ. It should lead us to God. It, the Spirit should lead us to uh, good feelings, good relationships. Even in the midst of difficulty, we can end up like that. But this is what it isn't. It's not meant to scar people. You know, you ever been in a discussion group before? (laughs) You came out of there and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't ever want to go back to that group ever again. I go, that's, that's not, that's not, that's not a good discipleship group. You know, sometimes there's, there's challenge. Don't get me wrong, but that shouldn't be the natural diet for people, right? Spiritually. And so the correct Spurring one another on is a gent, it's like a gentle pressure. It's a, it's a, it, 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 there's gentle pressure to it. And so it nudges, you know, it, it kind of just applies pressure and, and it moves people. It stirs up. It stimulates. That's what spurring one another on is. And so let's talk about a practical for a minute. In, in James chapter one in verse 22 to 26, it reads, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. You know what I tell the teens all the time is that the perfect way to be deceived is coming to church only. Is we just, you know, listen to the word. And that's it. You can be completely deceived. Sometimes people are so discouraged about coming to church and they go, I'm, I don't ever want to do this. I don't ever want to study the Bible because I listen to it. I hear the Bible. I hear the words of Jesus. I hear God speaking to me and then nothing. I go, well, the passage, James gives us great insight. It's not about just listening, although that's good. That's important. We must learn to listen. It starts there, but we must learn to do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And so the one practical I have tonight is don't delay. Do it today. Don't delay. Spur one another on today. Listening to the Bible is good. Doing what it says is great. Doing what it says makes a difference. Doing what it says is, is allows God to be involved in that and the Spirit's action in it that can lead to something just profound. 
You know, and so today, what I want to do, I mean, tonight, what I want to do is talk about four ways we can spur one another on, okay? And here's the first one. Four ways that we can spur one another on in our peer relationships. And I, remember, it, we're not here to kick, we're not here to scar, we're here to spur, gentle, apply pressure, because it is, it is meant for people who are going through difficult times, just like it was in, in the book of Hebrews. We're meant to spur one another on, especially in difficult times. Amen? And uh, these are difficult times. And then the first way we could spur one another is to warn. Look at, look at Peter in the book of Acts. It says, with many other words, he warned them. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 40. With many other words, he warned them. And he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Acts 2 verse 40 in the NIV. And then after he spurred them, like he warned them, right? Part of spurring involves warning sometimes. Now notice what I said. I said sometimes. Like, like if you're working with your kids at home, right? Or if in your marriage, you shouldn't always be only warning. You know, you shouldn't, every time they talk to you, shouldn't be a warning every single time. That's not a healthy diet. You got some problems. Let's get some discipling on in there. But look what he said is people who are, who are hearing the gospel, who are hearing the message of Jesus on the cross, Peter warned them and he pleaded with them. He warned and he pleaded with them. That's what that is, you know. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Sometimes we think, oh, if we warn and plead with people, oh, it's gonna, it's gonna push them away. Nah, look what happened over here. This spur, people who want to love God and, and want to look at the Bible and want to obey the Bible and want to see God's blessing in their life, but also want to see God's calling in their life. 3,000 took him at his word and were baptized and were signed up. That's what the message says spurring, warning, pleading with those who are kind of looking at the cross and, and studying the Bible, if you will, that warning, that pleading, that spurring helped them to make a decision. For those of you who are studying the Bible right now, here's my question to you. What's holding you back? What's stopping you from becoming a disciple? What's stopping you from making the decision to follow God and to to live a cruciform life, to have a theology that is all about emptying ourselves, giving our life away, serving one another in love. That's such a great calling, meaningful life. But, but Peter warned them and pleaded with them. You know, yesterday we had an all LA staff meeting and, and this is a picture of it. I had two other pictures. There's over, I think, a hundred people on staff in the LA church. And, uh, you know, the guest speaker in it was Kevin Hollins. He's the turning point regional leader. And, and he was doing, you know, we had good news. We had some administrative details we needed to take care of. We had some worship in it. And it was so cool to hear a lesson from him about race relations in America, as well as in our family of churches, though. And he was sharing from personal experience uh, of different uh, incidents he had and different feelings that he had about being an African-American man in a United States context, but not only that, but in the ICOC, International Churches of Christ context, and what it's like to be an African-American in our family of churches. And, you know, it, it was moving, it was heartfelt, it was challenging, it was inspiring. I felt spurred on, you know. There was some, there was a bit of encouragement in there, empowerment in there, but there was also 
warning in it. Warning that as a church, it's easy to just get tired now and go, okay, we've done it now. Let's move forward. We're not. I'm so proud of our squad team, you know, that is keeping this on the, on the forefront of our minds and our hearts because we don't want this to go away for the leadership here in, in Metro LA because we want racial equality. We want racial equity. And, and these are difficult talks. They're, they're, they're hard to do. It's always draining. It's always emotional, but so needed. And, and I believe perhaps the spirit may be leading us to how we all will transform in this process to be more like Jesus and, and, and pay attention to what is going on to different groups that may not be feeling uh, considered, thought of, appreciated, and looked looked after. And uh, I was very moved in it. We had a time of sharing it, and it was such a positive, positive experience. And like Peter warned, Kevin emp- encouraged, empowered but he also warned us as well on, on paying attention to what's going on, to listen to the stories of people. And, and you know, I appreciate the leadership of the Carillos and the, the Webbers and our whole staff. Is we, we want to be in these conversations. We want to know what's going on. And, and I know we have it before, and, and we're working on it. And, and we thank you for your understanding and patience as we're trying to move forward. And, and, but I'm so proud of our squad team, the Henleys and the whole team of, of people on on that that is educating us empowering us encouraging us and spurring us on amen another way that we can spur one another on is to remind people you know in matthew 28 verse 20 in the new living translation it reads teach these new disciples the great commission right teach these new disciples to obey all the commands i have given you and be sure of this I'm all, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You see, Jesus, as he was getting ready to lead them, and he gave them the charge of the great commission of making disciples of all nations, that all authority has been given to him, and he's, a, he's empowering them right now. The one thing he wanted to remind them is, and to be sure of is that he would always be with them. You know, there's an there's a image that I have of my grandfather, and my grandfather is one of my heroes. You know, I, I cry about my grandmother and grandfather all the time, you know, when I think about them, because he was a, a veteran in World War II, and you know, he was a humble man. And when I used to go through problems in my life, he would always go, don't worry, Reese, Gramps is here. Meaning kind of like, I got you. I'll take care of you. I'm behind you. I'm going to always be here for you. And I named my son. Keahi, his middle name is named after my grandfather, you know. But I have that image with him always when I'm in difficult times. I think of my grandfather. And I, I look at that like what Jesus was doing here to the disciples. That I mean, how would you feel if you're the 11 and Jesus is going to leave? And they go, make disciples of all nations. We get all fired up about it. But I bet, you know, in the earlier part of that passage, you know, they saw Jesus and they saw him resurrected. But they said, but some doubted. <laughs> I mean... How did they doubt when they saw him resurrect? Because doubt is so powerful. And we need to be reminded, you know, that Jesus will always be with us. And I think of that, how those disciples needed to hear that, that God would always be with them, that Jesus would always be with them. And we need that reminding. People need to be reminded all the time that, hey, God is with you. I mean, that is all throughout the narrative in the Bible. God is always trying to tell us, I'm with you. 
I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never abandon you. We need to be reminded of that. How about this one? A third way is we need to instill. We need to consider spurring one another on is, is, is learning to instill vision. In Matthew 16, verse 18, in the Living Bible, it says, and you were, and this is when, you know, Peter, when Jesus was going to be talking about building his church. And it's the, I believe the only time the word church is used in the book of Matthew, perhaps even in the whole uh, Gospels. Uh, but it says, you are Peter, a stone. Was he a stone? <laughs> was he really a stone? He wasn't. And upon this rock, I will build my church. He was a deserter. He was a person who was going to go, I don't even know Jesus. And all the powers of hell shall not prevail against it. He instilled vision. That's a, another way to spur one another on. You know, I love this passage because on the day that I was baptized, March 24th, 1992, there's a brother who's, who told me one thing. I've never forgotten it. He said, Reese, when you get baptized, you, you are, Jesus is going to be the Lord of your life. And I believe in Hawaii at Alamoana Beach Park at 11 p.m. at night. He told me in front of all these people, like 70 people. He said, I believe one day you are going to be leading our churches in Hawaii. And you know how I responded? Like Sarah. (laughs) You're out of your mind. That's crazy. Like how she responded when she found out she was going to have a kid, a child at, in, in her older age, right? I, I was like, you're out of your mind, dude. Nine years later, I, I got a chance to lead all the churches in Hawaii as well as in one in Southeast Asia. I got a chance to lead a church in Alaska. <laughs> I was like, wow, think about that. I, I've never forgotten that time. And I'm not saying, you know, the point is not that it has to be somebody instills vision for you to go into the ministry. If that's the your calling, great. But he had that vision for me. It could be a job. It could be a career in this or, or you know, be involved in so many different areas, right, of, of work and all that. But that was his vision for me. And I, I thought about that. And, and I wasn't there at that. I was nowhere near where I needed to be spiritually to even consider something like that. But Peter was like that as well. Let's not forget that our children need to hear that. Our friends need to hear vision. We need to instill. You know, we, that's how we can spur them on, stir them up, stimulate their heart and mind. The fourth thing, fourth way, is that in Romans 15, Paul. So Peter, Jesus, and Paul. Oh, we're spurring people on in the New Testament. In Romans 15, verse 14, in, in the modern English version, it says, Now I myself am persuaded concerning you, my brothers, that you are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge. Like he was, imagine the people listening to us that Paul's going, you are full of goodness. Am I good? I struggle with that sometimes. I'm like, I'm not good. I'm evil. I'm evil, man. I know you're evil, but you're also full of good. In, in, in the Genesis story, the creation story, man was considered, when they were, man was created, God felt very good about that. We're full of goodness, filled with all knowledge. Really? All knowledge? That's how Paul viewed them. And also able to instruct one another. And I want, I want to encourage us in the fourth way that we can learn to spur one another is through instruction. And that's, it's, that's not preaching at people. That's not going, do this. Do, that's not a command. It's instruction. It's, it's learning how to teach with patience, with, 
with care, with concern. You know who reminds me of that is Doug Weber reminds me of that, man. He's And, and Robert's like that, too. They're very good at instructing. Uh, sometimes I can be a little too preachy in relationships, you know. And, and if I'm doing that to you, just go re- zip it, dude. You know what I mean? Oh, let me let me move on, you know. But they're very like when I talk to uh, Doug, it's like Uncle Doug, Grandpa Doug, you know. Come over here, bro. It's just instruct. Here's here's what you can do. Here's one thing you can. Here's two things. Here, that's 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 Doug, you know. And I, I love that about him. But we can learn to instruct. And I want to show you how our church has been instructed lately. You know, we've been working on spirituality in the church about walking with God. We've been also working with uh, in our relationships. That's what Robert's been working with us on being close to God, being close to one another. We've just kind of wrapped up about a month of just having reconciliation talks amongst our staff because we, we want to be close, connected, not have any doubt, suspicion of one another as we went through a tough time. And, and we're, we're, we're closer. You know, I, I feel so unified with Robert and, and Doug and, and our t- leadership there. But also we've been working on and I feel close and connected to the, to the staff, you know, that we've worked on our issues and, and we're work and then it, and we're going to be working on that throughout the whole church as well in every small group. And that's so awesome. And we've been instructed how to go about doing that. But also, guys, I want to share some good news. Look at this. In our YouTube channel, we have 1,305 subscribers. Turnwall wanted me to make sure you know that that's the exact number. (laughs) In our staff meeting, I was sharing good news. I said over 1,200. 1,305 subscribers. We've done over uh, today's lesson will be the 248th lesson since the beginning of April. In the last 217 days, we have done, as of today, this will be the 248th lesson. We're doing a lesson one every day, over, over one a day, right? Like at least one a day right now. In the last 217 days, the Metro LA has been instructed with 248 lessons in 217 days for Sunday lessons, midweek lessons, morning devotionals, women devotionals, and leadership lessons. That's what, that's the kind of instruction that we've been getting in the church. And it is spurring one, one another on right now. We're seeing God move in tremendous ways. And so as we go to our discussion groups tonight, I want you to be thinking about those four, four ways that we can spur one another on. Here's what you can do in your discussion group. Has someone ever spurred you on in your faith? Well, talk about that. How? Share that in your discussion group. The second thing is, who can you spur on this week? Make no mistake. As we go through hostile times, as difficult times, as we go through, as we work through race relation issues in America and in our church as well, as we go into the elections, there's people are going to have some feelings. And so let's pay attention to one another. Let's wrap our arms within one another. Let's spur one another on. Take some time to pray about that person this week. And and like the Bible says, do what it says. So what did we learn today? We're talking about one another relationships. What a privilege it is to have. We're working on three types of relationships. Mentorship, apprenticeship, but also peer relationships. And how can we work? with one another in our peer relationships. We can spur one another on. Remember, to spur means to stir up, to stimulate, not to kick, not to scar. 
What's the practical? Don't delay. Spur one another on today. Do it today. Do it tonight if you can in your small groups. We talked about four ways to spur one another on. Warn. Remind. Instill. And instruct. Amen? I hope that encourages your faith tonight. Let's close out with some uh, closing announcements. As always, you can connect with us on our social media platform. Uh, there is a stronger virtual conference coming up on October 24th. You can, you can go to stronger2020.live to register there. It's a one-day event. It starts a little early at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's $15 per device because it's a virtual conference. So go to stronger 2020 dot live to be able to sign up for this conference it's so encouraging you can get more details on what this is about it'll really inspire and spur you on as well as if you're wanting to participate we have a drive-through fall fest coming up on october 31st from 5 p.m to 7 p.m at the metro la building it's like worship land you know at drive-through at the building, but there'll be con- uh, virtual costume uh, contests at it, carved pumpkin contest, card decoration contest going on it. Please contact Christina Reese for more details on that. Talk to your small group leader on that. Next midweek, we got a great event coming up, gang. It is going to be inspiring. It is called the power of prayer and praise. We're going to be, we're going to be praising God through song. We're going to be praying uh, about different area, different topics as we, as we, you know, go into the elections. Is that this is going to be a challenging time over the next couple of weeks. And so we want to just focus our hearts and our, our minds on God through prayer and praise and to settle us, but also to help us to get a spiritual mindset on how we can work with one another as we, as we go into the, uh, the elections. Amen. Now, last but not least, I want to encourage you about a world missions collection that we took up. God blessed our congregation with, with, uh, $75,000 were collect, was collected this past Sunday. Amen. I want to thank you for your generous hearts. You can see where the where the money is going to be going to, the Southwest, Lebanon, Tijuana, Caribbean, and the Philippines, and the percentages there. That's where the money is going to go to. Now, that this is on top of, in early March, we took up an emergency collection as COVID hit, and we collected 14000 that I believe was already distributed to different places around the world to provide support and help for immediate needs that were coming up in many of our sister churches. So on top of that 14000 our congregation gave 75000 extra on that, and uh, to God be the glory in that. Thank you so much. Amen. Now, for this, we, we're going to be continuing our, our World Missions contribution. If you ha- we haven't been able to get it in yet you have to the end of november november 30th to get that contribution in uh, because it is going to go toward the saving of many souls so as we close tonight i just want to say thank you for your time thank you for your attention thank you for your generous contribution that is that is going to inspire encourage and spur one another on in many of the churches that we support have a great night tonight You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.